The following program has been furnished and paid for by Kevin Seven Financial Services, and KSCV is not responsible for its content or the products or services offered. Welcome to Your Finances with Kevin Seven here on KSCV, a show about finance and retirement planning. And now, here's your host, Kevin Coogley. Hello, and welcome. Welcome to the show, Your Finances, Kevin Seven. You can also find us on YouTube or your favorite podcast app by just typing in the search bar, Kevin Seven. That's K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven. And yeah, YouTube, Gary, it's pretty cool. I uploaded last week, so if you ever want to see what we look like here and what the studio looks like, Google Kevin's or look at YouTube and search Kevin 7, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven, and you'll see the videos now that we have. It's pretty cool. The YouTube AI works really well. After you upload a video, it actually finds music that might be copyrighted, and it'll remove it. We didn't learn that with a Jason Aldean song, actually. It took it. But what was cool about the the YouTube AI, as you know, it'll ask you if you want to cut it out. So I hit the cutout so it would take that off. So interesting. YouTube AI, really good. So it's amazing what technology is doing. And speaking of technology, you have Apple is going to be releasing earnings next, well, it's actually tomorrow. And so that will be interesting to see what iPhone sales have been doing thus far. And right now, as you probably heard here on KSEV, that the Fed has paused their rates again. Why is it that we talk so much about the Fed? Because there's anything that you should ever remember from this show is that you should never fight the Fed. You want to go in and about investing with keeping an eye out on what the Fed is doing in the short term. It has an effect on all the uh, stock market, U.S. stock markets. So the Fed has paused yet again, and it's current rate is right now it's 5.25 to 5.5 and so it appears that you know they're going to stay higher for longer they're going to keep them around this and i looked at the fed futures goes out about six seven months and i i saw that the only potential change probably based on the fed futures is may or june of next year and it looks like they might even reduce rates based on what fed fund futures are telling us so that is the uh, the perception of what's going to happen with uh, future interest rates with the federal reserve so right now it's at 5.25 it's going to stay that way for quite a while may come down a little bit at some point next year and now we we look at the stock market this talks about the short term And with what interest rates are doing, obviously, we always preach that you are going to be fine so long as you stay in stocks for the long run. And over a long period of time, particularly if you're younger or you're in your mid-career, the stock U.S. stock market is the best investment choice out there. Sometimes I get the question, well, what about international? Well... You know, many of these companies, we just mentioned Apple and YouTube, which is owned by Google or Meta. I'm sorry, not Meta, (laughs) Alphabet. Those are global companies, naturally. So it's, you're getting exposure throughout the world in those S&P 500 companies. So it's good to have, you know, diversification, we have fantastic performance. Kevin Seven is actually created as a stock portfolio, and it's beaten the S&P 500 consistently. So that's what we do. We like to manage stocks. Problem we see, unfortunately, with many 
people, they are over-diversified. So I look at statements on a daily basis, meet with people. They have statements at other firms. We look at them. They're over-diversified. What do I mean by over-diversified? Well, they've got maybe 25-plus mutual funds. And within each mutual fund, they have 25 to 50 different stocks. So, And it really creates a drag on performance that a lot of people do not realize. So if you find a financial advisor, you want it like us or somebody else, you want to make sure that you get performance. Technical term for that in the industry is called alpha. So alpha Beating a benchmark index is going to be something that you should look at so that you can determine what the results are. Because results matter, let's face it. A financial plan goes nowhere if you have pretty bad performance. The foundation of everything that we do at Kevin's 7 is a financial plan. We use it. Pretty cool software. People can log into it and upload their statements, or they can go under their net worth section, and they can connect all of their financial institutions from a home mortgage, a bank account, 401k account, whatever it is. It's all connected in the financial plan so that it can be looked at on a regular basis in real time with what is going on with the assets. So that's the basics of it. There's a, uh, we use a company called Right Capital as our financial planning software. And at kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com, you can see a few videos that we have on the website that will show you the importance of a financial plan. But what it does is it takes into account what you're making, spending, and saving, and it forecasts that into the future. The big issue that most people have in today when they're retiring is generating that income stream, supplementing that Social Security, supplementing that pension plan. Well, I got all these assets. I did a good job of putting money away. I did the Ramsey method or put 15% of my income into a retirement plan over the years. You have developed a good, strong 401k. And there's a lot, there are assets in there. And what happens at the end of that? Well, you got the assets, but now you need the income. So it's very important how you go about what is called the distribution phase of your life when you're distributing, sending money from your retirement accounts into your bank account for you to live on that income stream. There are several ways that you can do that. And we like two different kinds of ways. One is a structured note, and the other kind is an annuity. Sometimes they're a mix. Sometimes we just have people in cash. And so with that, you have a structured note annuity. And there's, there's this one guy, I think you see it on the news or newspaper, they badmouth annuities. And I would never badmouth any certain investment product because there are so many different variables and so many different kinds of needs by so many different kinds of people that you can't I mean it's it's ridiculous I'm not going to mention the guy's name on air but this this guy he's out of California and he slams annuities and I think that that's ridiculous because particularly in today's environment at least mentioned on this show before annuities insurance companies are making more money now because of the higher interest rates, right? As high as interest rates go up, insurance companies make more money because they are the largest buyers of bonds. And so they an insurance company will create 
an annuity. And they can do a fixed annuity, right? A fixed annuity does not go down. A fixed annuity just pays a certain amount of income. It'll tell you, right? And usually with an annuity, there's trade-offs with everything as we talk about investing. But with a with a fixed annuity or a variable annuity or an indexed annuity, and we'll hit on all three of these and define them in greater detail here in a moment. But you've got the insurance companies buying the bonds, passing the the performance along, and the fixed annuity does not go down. It just pays a certain interest rate, right? And so it has a something called a surrender charge. So this is the trade-off that I was mentioning. So a trade-off, you're going to have to put your money in there longer than a CD, usually, right? So the minimum fixed annuity or variable annuity or index annuity surrender period, that you, you know, there's a surrender period, five years is the minimum that I've seen. Now they go up, golly, they go out, out as far as 14. That might be a little excessive. Five, seven-year average is the standard for the surrender period. What the heck is a surrender period? Well, if you were to withdraw money, usually more than 10% out of the annuity, you will be hit with a surrender charge. They typically go down over a seven-year period. It might go down seven, six, five, four, three, two, and then that sixth year, it might be 1%, seven. Seventh year might be 1%, and then at the end of it, it would be zero penalty. So that's how surrender charges work. And all annuities, they grow tax-deferred. So something to keep in mind whenever you're looking at buying an annuity is that this should be money that you're not going to use until at least the age of 59 and a half. Because you know, if you take the money out, even if you're out of surrender— if you take it out, money out of an annuity before the age of 59 and a half, then you'll be charged, the IRS charges, a 10% penalty on any retirement money that you withdraw uh, prior to the age of 59 and a half in most cases, but it's also with a fixed annuity, a variable annuity, or an indexed annuity. So a fixed is fixed. Right? They usually offer a fixed rate. They might say, yeah, we'll pay you 6% per year for the next five years. They got to give people an incentive to go into something, five-year surrender, right? They're, it better be better than the bank CD. So that is why they give you a little bit more, and they're buying bonds, right? So they, they know they have actuaries and very wise people that are running these actuaries know that what kind of interest rate that they can deliver. So that's a, the basics of a fixed annuity, right? And it might be good for some people, might not be good for other people. Then comes along the old uh, variable annuity, variable. So that means it can go up and down, varies, right? So variability, variation is, is not a good thing in logistics and transportation, Inventory is the root of all evil, variable annuity. But so you wouldn't want to vary, vary going up and down. So you could put you could buy a variable annuity and you could put 100 percent of it in the S&P 500. So uh, we know over a longer period of time that S&P 500 is going to be higher. Will it, grow. It will grow. And they might go down, too. That's why it's called a variable annuity. It goes up and it goes down. So any time you hear the terminology variable annuity, it usually means it has something called a separate account. They have different investment choices. They're the same, essentially, as mutual funds, essentially. And so you can have a choice of those. Like You've probably seen that big whale on TV Pacific Life, they do variable annuities. And we've used them in some cases for our clients and, you know, put them into the S&P 500. Now, you make sure that those people aren't going to be using that money over a five-year-plus period because it's going to have a five-year surrender. So this is money to set aside and have it grow. And it's money that you're not going to use. 
and at least until the age of 59 and a half, so that you can have, if you have money sitting in your savings account or bank account and you're not earning any interest, first thing you should do is move it into a money market account. A money market account right now is paying a little over 5.2%. So I know that there's somebody out there listening right now that has their money sitting into a sitting in a bank account and it's not making any interest. Why not give us a call at 877-Kevins7? You can link your bank account to a money market account so you can move money back and forth. But man, you've worked hard for your money. You should have your money working hard for you. It's 877-Kevins7, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven. Schedule an appointment with Susan. We can take a look at helping you there. All right. September is gone. We are now in November. Having a hard time knowing what kind of income you may expect in retirement? Kevin Seven is a financial planning firm. We take you from financial confusion to financial confidence. A financial plan takes into account what you're making, spending, and saving, and forecasts that into the future. Call us at 877-Kevin7. That's 877-538-4677. We can schedule an appointment for you via Zoom, phone, or even in person. Or visit us on our website at kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. Catch Chris X Radio weekdays at 4, right here on AM 700 KSEV. A brand new red light district has popped up in New York City with the mass influx of illegal Venezuelan women working as prostitutes offering sex services. They're calling it the market of sweethearts. In a completely unrelated story, Hunter Biden has announced he's relocating to New York City. Chris X Radio, weekdays 4 till 6, right here on The Voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. That was okay. Wow. That was a spooky version of Rocky Top. Here, Gary Elliott is a University of Tennessee fan, and so am I. I'm, uh, I'm a bachelor's from University of Tennessee, and that's uh, spooky Rocky Top, which is pretty funny. I got a kick out of that. And it's just the day after Halloween, so um, somewhat a little bit late timing there, but uh, <laughs> I hope people enjoyed it. So, getting back to. Your finances. So we're still taking your calls here. Anytime, please call us, give you a a perspective, a fresh perspective, something that you maybe never thought of or maybe you want some education and particular investment, the markets or the economy. 
Let's call in to 281-558-KSEV. That's 281-558-5738. We can make a conversation. And we're talking about annuities. So we had, we've talked about fixed annuities, and we we're talking about variable annuities, and they usually have surrender charges. These are perhaps a potential investment choice for people so that they may have tax-deferred growth. We were talking, if you have money in a checking account, you probably want to take a look at moving it into a money market account if it's more than you need for your you know, monthly day-to-day -day use. And if it's just idle cash that's sitting there, you might want to move that into a money market at 5.2%. If it's money that you ha say, hey, man, I've, I've got cash or a savings account or stocks, whatever it may be, and I don't need this until I retire or I'm currently retired, this is really, if you're beyond the age of 59 and a half, an annuity looks like a really good choice because you're going to get that tax-deferred benefit. Money compounds faster in a, uh, an instrument that is tax-deferred, right? You don't want to have to pay a 1099. You'll get a 1099 on any cash or any interest that you receive or dividend payment. So if you were to have money in that you're not going to use, you can set it aside. Now, by the way, you can always pull out 10% out of most annuities with no surrender charge. And then, you know, it goes five years is the shortest one that I've seen in, in, in an indexed annuity, variable annuity, or fixed annuity. And so there you go. You can have that tax-deferred growth. And why pay taxes on money? that you're not using. So that is a huge benefit, right? You want to have tax-deferred growth whenever possible. So we talked about the fixed annuity. We talked about the variable annuity. And the final one is the indexed annuity. This one does not go down. You cannot lose your money in an indexed annuity. Well, that's my kind of place. Oh, yes. The older you are, the less variation that you would like to see. You may want to look at an option called an indexed annuity. And again, you can go into a five-year surrender. You can go into seven or four, 10, 14 years. I wouldn't go that long. That's kind of excessive. But they offer them as long as it's regulated in the state that you're in, and they will allow it, and you could potentially do it. But you always want to look at in an index annuity. We like to use an indexed annuity that has a point-to-point -point cap. So that means when you go into the indexed annuity, so if you went in December the 1st, generally it takes, if you transfer your assets in, it generally takes about a week or so to get those assets into the annuity, okay? Into, in this case, an indexed annuity. So you don't want to lose money. You can put your money into an indexed annuity, and it can have different crediting methods. So a crediting method means how they're going to credit your account on an annual basis. An annual basis, annual annuity. So that's where that comes from. Annuity comes from the, the word annual. It's, uh, they actually, the Roman soldiers had this back in the day as a payment from Caesar to get the soldiers their annuities, right? So... Something happens on an annual basis within an annuity, typically. And so within a, an index annuity, you get, if, you, if you're going to do a crediting method that I like, it's called a yearly point-to-point. -point. So that means if you went into this thing December 1st of this year, then December 1st of the following year, something happens. You will be credited uh, some money, or you, nothing happens. So, But you will not lose money. In that case, if the market went down, zero is your hero. So we like to use S&P 500 as a crediting method. So it's pretty much tracked on a daily basis here on KSEV, 700 AM. You get the quotes. and But it's not really you know, something you want to look at probably the first few months because it doesn't make much difference. As over time, after you've owned one of these for a while, you'll get used to it. But you'll start looking at that index annuity 
about a month or so before your anniversary date because it's going to show you potentially how much you will be credited. And right now, there is an index annuity that we use that has a yearly point-to-point cap of 11.5%. And it's very important that you go with an annuity company that renews on at the same rate. I've seen some insurance companies, they will start out with a high cap rate. You want a high cap rate, right? You want it to be as high as it can be. And as if interest rates were continuing to go up, they would even make these higher. Right now, we're pretty high interest rates. So this 11.5 is historically high over the last 20 plus years. So the index annuity, again, it will not go down. And this one, that I'm talking about has 11.5% cap, Gary. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. So that means if the S&P 500 goes up 20% okay. in one year, how much do you think you get? Twice as much, right? No, you only get 11.5. Oh, 11.5% is the cap. Well, whatever your whatever it is, it's 11.5. Oh, that's yes. your cap. Yes, that's your cap. That's your cap. So if the S&P 500 goes up 25%, you only get 11.5%. You're capped at 11.5%. Now, I've seen this from sneaky insurance companies that they don't renew the 11.5%. They'll drop it down to 7 or 8, three or four years down the road, which is bad, 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 bad. That's why it's good to have financial advisors in this industry. We hold these, they call them carriers or different insurance companies accountable. So as an independent financial advisor, I can use virtually any insurance company that an annuity company that lowers the rate because financial advisors have long memories. So 11.5 is one with the carrier that I use, and it is they renew. Uh, so I'm, uh, they've, you can look at this. We talk about performance. If you're ever looking at an index annuity, you want to ask them, what, do your, what does this insurance company historically renew their, their cap rate? Is it 100%? They renew it 100% of the time at the – that's what you want. You want that thing. If you're going in at 11.5%, 10, seven years from now, you want that to be at least 11.5%, right, as a cap. So that is how an index annuity yearly point-to-point works. So you go into it November, December the 1st of this year, say, you get 11.5%. Right. If it goes up to 11.5%, if it goes up 5%, the S&P 500 in that first year, you only get 5, right? So the S&P 500 drops 30%. Zero is your hero, and you don't lose any money. That is the term index annuity. Now there's a fourth one that's coming out. They keep on making these products, right? It's called a registered indexed linked annuity. And so they have something called a buffer. They'll give you more on the upside, but they'll only protect you. For instance, there's different crediting methods, but I'll give you one. It's called a buffer. So if the buffer is at 10%, you might get a higher cap, say maybe 14 or 15%, but you're not getting 100% downside protection. It only buffers out the first 10% of the downside. So if you're the stock market were to go down with a 10% buffer, if that stock market goes down, the S&P 500 as the crediting method in this case, if it goes down 8%, you still lose zero. However, if the S&P 500 is down 13% and your buffer is only at 10%, you would lose 3% because of the buffer. The buffer only buffered down 10%. So that is a registered index linked annuity. Somewhat new on the product shelf out there for financial advisors. If you want to have fun with your financial advisor, tell, call them up and say, Hey, I heard something on KSEV 700. It's called a registered index linked annuity with a 10% buffer. Sound pretty cool. See what your financial advisor says. See if, you, see if it stumps them. So 
that's a registered index linked annuity. Now, th these structured notes that we talk about from time to time on the air, they also can behave in the same kind of a way as an annuity. They can. They don't have as surrender charges. You can sell out of a structured note. They're daily liquid. You could sell out of them immediately. Typically, you don't want to do that. But they have shorter terms. Usually, if you wanted to go, say, a year and a half, which is 18 months, it will pay you a little bit more than a regular CD. A structured note is created by an investment bank like Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, RBC, J.P. Morgan, BMP, Paribas. These are all different investment banks, and they create structured notes. And with a structured note, you can if you get there's certain minimums that you have, but they can actually, they being the investment bank, they can actually create one that is. Totally suited to you. You got to have about two hundred fifty thousand to put into a structured note to what they have called a custom structured note. But you give the, we give we can give them the terms. We say, hey, we want a hundred percent protection, or okay, we're down, we're okay with downside protection to thirty percent. What's the most, Mister Investment Bank, that you can give us on the upside? And so, typically, these structured notes they behave. They, they have higher, better incentives whenever the markets are volatile. And by the way, we've had a pretty strong week here the last five days. Um, the the, the S&P 500 prior to this week, it was down a couple of two weeks back to back. So that would have been a better time than today to go into a structured note because you want – there to be volatility because the, the these are created by the in investment bank with stock options, right? So and the buying zero coupon bonds, and so the the options and everything price out better whenever there's volatility. So typically that's a better time to go into a structured note. Okay, so a structured note. How do you how do you do how do you get this thing going with a structured note? You open up an account first. How do you create? <laughs> so th they have a calendar, and you have – typically it comes – there's a calendar of just offerings for the general public. And so a financial advisor will look at the, the structured note calendar. And by the way, there's only about 5 to 10% of financial advisors that even use structured notes. So there again, if you're listening to this radio show, KSEV, and you want to have fun or stump your financial advisor – have them put you or tell them, explain, have them explain to you a structured note. And um, there's two different kinds. Essentially, you have a growth or an income note. So you ask, how do you go into one? Well, you can buy one. You can open up an account. It's got to be a brokerage account. There's certain documentation you have to sign off on to because they're, they're structured with stock options. So you have to sign off on stock option paperwork. Um, so you open up an account, get the paperwork signed. And then you can buy something. If it's less than two hundred fifty thousand, you can go. We we look at this regularly for clients. Uh, look at the daily calendar, and typically, you know, as I said, they're better whenever there's volatility. So last couple of weeks were a little bit better than what they are right now. But they will say, "Hey, we're paying eight percent," and so it's it'll. They have trade dates, so I would call you, Gary, and say, "Hey, Gary, I have this." Structured note by uh, BNP Paribas. Okay. E even though it's a you know a French bank, all of them are regulated by Finra. So they're all they're, most of these investment banks are based in New York. But it, hey, if they they're paying you eight percent or nine percent, and you're okay with some downside exposure, say you're typically they're tied to three indexes. If you're going to go into an income note, and it's usually the Russell 2000, the S and P, and the Dow. So you, they're linked to those three indexes. They'll pay you, for in this example, 9%, but you'll have a, a barrier. We talked about a buffer earlier in a registered index linked annuity. This is a barrier. So a barrier works a lot different than a buffer. So if any of the three indexes are down at the end of the term, which would be a year and a half, 
If any of those three indexes are down more than, say, 30%, that's a typical barrier, then you would lose money. You would lose, if, you, if it goes down 31%, you would lose 31%. So that's, there is exposure in a barrier. Now there are, everything is a trade-off, so maybe we could, you know, something that's protected by the issuer, meaning if the issuer is the investment bank, is the, in this example, BNP Paribas, and they have uh, protection, right? So they guarantee that you'll get your money back. So it's not FDIC. Um, so there's a trade-off again, but because you can get an FDIC structured note protected on the downside, but you're going to have to pay it. The investment bank has to pay extra for that, so you're not going to get as much as upside potential. So I feel confident with investment, the, the investment banks now. You know, they're, they're, the joke is too big to fail, but I guess a lot of these investment banks are. And then you you can go into the investment bank and they 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 guarantee that you will not lose money i'm okay with that uh most of the yeah most of the time so it's uh you obviously you don't want to you want to know the financials of the bank that you're going into and make sure it's a strong bank if they've got if they're delivering downside protection for you so yeah, the issue were protected which would be, in that case, BNP Paribas. It could be anything. It could be J.P. Morgan or Bank of America, any of these big banks, investment banks, right? There's a difference between an investment bank and a bank. Investment bank, they create stocks or they create these structured notes. They can create bonds for uh, corporations, whatever. So, I was, not to interrupt you, structured notes, structured deposits. Is that, I've heard of that. Is that an animal too? Structured deposit. Not sure what that is, no. Yeah. A deposit, typically what you do with a structured note is you'll deposit money into your account, and then the structured note will have a trade date. Usually it's on a Friday. So if you, you can do an ACH transfer from your bank account linked to your brokerage account, and that once it's in the brokerage account, then you can you should get something called a preliminary prospectus from your financial advisor, and this will outline everything that's in the structured note and how it works. And there's you never hesitate to ask a question because this is considered a complex product. And you want to make sure that you understand it. You know, first start off with, the well, is there risk of principle? That's, you know, pretty standard question for people to ask. Mm-hmm. Does it? Can this thing go down? And yes or no, or if it can, if it can go down, what's the trade-off? Am I getting more interest rate on the upside? So, yes, you, they can have barriers. They can have buffers, like in the index annuity, the registered index link annuity that I mentioned earlier, which is the fourth product, I, fourth kind of annuity that I mentioned. That is kind of it was brought about as a probably a little bit of a com- competition to the structured notes, which is good. You know, we got to have competition in the marketplace. And as a financial advisor, it makes it really good for us so that we can see for our clients what is the best option for the client. The more we, 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 try, and we try to keep it simple for clients, um, but we want to have a lot of options of – investment choices out there for people so that you know that the client wins because there's more investment products that are being created out there right so a big part of what i do is try to take part of this complexity and simplify it for people and you know you want to try to keep it simple occam's razor all things being equal the simplest choice is the best so keep it simple. Keep it simple. Online, Kevin7.com. You call Kevin Seven. I'm gonna say seven comes with Kevin. So I hope you don't mind me saying Kevin Seven every time you say Kevin. <laughs> uh, you can call eight seven seven Kevin's seven. That's a plural, right? Kevin's yep. seven. Yep. K E V I N S. And the number seven. And is that a live person answering? Or yes. Oh. Yeah. You got Susan answering the phone there. Eight seven seven Kevin's seven K E V I N S. The number seven. And you can always go to the website, kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven.com. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more information. Sounds good, Gary. 
There are three things you need to know when choosing a financial advisor. Number one, experience. Number two, credentials. And number three, judgment ability. I have over 27 years experience in the industry. I am a chartered retirement planning counselor, CRPC, and an MBA. Although past performance doesn't guarantee future results, we can show you that we've delivered results that double the S&P 500. Don't hesitate. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7 or visit us on our website, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. KSEV and its advertisers want to thank you, the listeners, for all your continued support. Without you supporting our advertisers, there would not be a Voice of Texas. We stand behind our clients, and if you're looking to boost and grow your business, join the great team at KSEV and its loyal audience by calling a member of our sales staff at 281-588-4800. That's 281-588-4800. KSEV, loyal listeners and dependable advertisers are the Voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Country girl, gonna give me a word on a Tennessee Saturday night. Lucky as a seven, living in heaven with my Dixie Lucky as a seven. This is here. KSEV, 700 AM, Kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. Feel free to give us a call here if you'd like to chat, have a question, have a buddy that has a question, whatever. 281-558-KSEV, that's 281-558-5738. Online at Kevin7.com, too. That's right. That's open 24-7. Yes. With Kevin Seven. Yes. Well, uh, not 24-7, but, you know, it's we're open in the evening to schedule time with you whenever we broadcast here every Wednesday at 6.05 we start, right? And now it is good. It's bad for me, though. I got a quick question. 401k here. I came up with my 401k still in there after 20 years, but I'm looking at it for the first time in a few years. I look every so often. This thing's down 20 or 30% because of what's going on. Should I pull out or add more money to it? Yes. Well, the Warren Buffett terminology with this is, yes, uh, just buy more. Over a long period of time, Gary, if you're not going to be retiring for quite a while, it's fine. You know, you can... It's come back up, it goes up, then it goes down. But over a long period of time, you're going to wind up being higher, so long as you're in the S&P 500. So, now, are you sure, Gary, that you're not looking at last year's statement, which you, you gave like me? Yeah, you'll never let me live that down. Yeah, no, this is up to date. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, well, the S&P 500 is showing support here. At, um, it broke – they – they have a resistance level and technical analysis. They, I look at this eh, at least two or three times a week, the technical analysis aspects of what's going on with the S&P 500. And so it's shown support at 4,200. You've got right now it's at 4,237. It broke a little bit below 4,200 last week. So, you know, it's uh, it can be... A little bit, you know, we're traditionally, we're in a tri- little bit uh, tumultuous market, September and October, but uh, November and December, yeah. Who knows? We, we're looking, yeah, that's traditionally a little bit more positive. So to answer your question, I'd say, yeah, hang in there. Just keep it going. And whenever you're, you're getting closer to retirement, though, you want to make sure that you have Less in stocks and more in cash, right? Okay. Or something that does not go down in value. A lot of people learn the hard way that bond mutual funds go down in value the last couple of years. People use that as a asset allocation to get a difference in correlation. The whole theory behind the 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds – the, way, the reason most people, financial advisors, put people into this theory of 60% bonds, 40% bonds, which is average, is you know they do it, the bonds, to offset 
what potentially could go wrong with the stock portion. But as we saw last year, the stock market went down and uh, as interest rates went up, the bonds fell in price. So the bond prices went down, the bond mutual funds went down. So that's why if you're not going to be in a, if you, there's, I like going into buying individual bonds from time to time. Don't like bond mutual funds. If you're going to hold a bond till its term, it's a good thing, right? And if you would have bought a bond in the 70s or early 80s, you could have got one at a fantastic interest rate. And you could have hold that for a long time and you could have gotten, you know, 12 plus 12 percent plus per year as long as it was a strong corporation. You know, they have bond rating agencies. If you look at the buying a bond, you want to look at how it's rated. And because it's issued or created by the corporation and it's the corporation better have a strong balance sheet and strong cash flow to have a higher rating. So holding a bond to the long term is not necessarily a bad thing. Bond mutual funds, a lot of advisors did that over the last few years, and they, they've, they've been hurt. Yeah, they've been, if, if, if interest rates continue to go up, then you know bonds are still the value of them, and bond mutual funds will go down. So that's why, as an asset allocation tool, instead of using bond mutual funds, we'll use something like a structured note or an indexed annuity where you're protected. I mean, you talk about zero correlation with the stock market. It's, if the stock market goes down, you can go to a principal protected structured note, and it won't go down. Or you can go into an indexed annuity, and it won't go down. So we like to time block people's money so that they have a year plus in cash, and then if they have money that they're not going to be using for the next two to five years, that's what we look at a structured note or an indexed annuity for them, particularly if they're older, right? And then for any money five years plus that they're not going to be using, and this is not uncommon, you know, if you have kids or grandkids, they might even set up a, a, you can make as many IRAs if you want, right? So, you just can't contribute as much as you want to an IRA. Some people have actually got an IRA for themselves, and they're like, well, a portion of this money, I'll never use it in my lifetime. And then so we create another IRA, transfer the money into the IRA, but it's managed as it would be for their kids. So even though they're older, they set up the IRA uh, for their, with their kid as a beneficiary, and it's 100% in stocks, even at an older age, because they say, I'll never use this money. So I just want it to grow. And then, you know, it can, when somebody passes away, that money goes to their heirs. And so used to, they had a stretch IRA where they could stretch the distribution, the beneficiary, the non, I'm speaking of a non-spousal beneficiary here, right? So the non-spousal beneficiary could stretch it over their lifetime, which was a pretty cool thing. They stopped that, unfortunately. No much, no more uh, lifetime stretch IRAs. So you'll, you'll have to take the money out in five years. What's the reasoning behind that? Too much money coming out? or what? Yeah, they wanted uh, I guess it was too good of a tax break for people, you know, who were receiving wealthy inheritances, and they would just continue to have the money grow tax-deferred. And at some point, I guess the politicians, and obviously this is a U.S. Congress that creates them and signed into law by the president. So they, uh, and I think this was actually done under Trump, too, uh, surprisingly enough. So, yeah, not not a good thing if you if you are a non-spousal beneficiary and you have to take that money out right over a five-year period, rather than stretch it over your lifetime. And it's better because again, we're trying. We always this is very important with tax planning. We we want to never pay taxes on money that we're not using and create some kind of tax-deferred vehicle for people. So that money compounds faster. And so, yeah, that's uh, back back in the day you could stretch it out, but not anymore. So 
Um, now, people, the IRS does give, give people a heck of an incentive whenever they go into a retirement account. If they do a traditional retirement account, that money will go in tax defer or tax deductible, right? Yeah. So, they, you know, they want to get that tax money coming out. But there you go. It's, uh, that's how it works. You've got death and taxes are two certainties. And, but there's certain tax planning strategies that you can use that are very helpful. And all, at the heart of all of this, it goes back to a financial plan. And the, one of the modules that we spend a lot of time on, along with investments and retirement, is the tax planning part of it. Not so much estate planning. The estate exemption is so high right now. We don't really – it's rare that I even talk about the estate because you've got such a high estate tax exemption. And then we take a look at also insurance, you know. It's particularly for people with kids, they look at a term insurance policy rather than a whole life policy so or permanent insurance, they call it. You know what the difference between term and permanent is? Oh, boy. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Well, term – terminate ah, okay. it terminates at some point usually there it's it's about 20 year on a term they'll go 20 year term and so you pay the same consistent premium a premium is the amount that you're paying the insurance company and that'll stay the same whenever you're paying and that's usually in the accumulation phase people are saving for retirement they've got kids in school if something happens to one spouse they want to make sure that that uh, no matter even if it's a st- stay-at-home mom or uh, working dad or vice versa, whatever it may be, right? If you've got kids, you want to take a strong look at term insurance to help facilitate anything that you need in the event of one spouse's death, right? And we can help people with that too. It's We can do insurance. We can do eight – call us at 877 877- Kevin's seven K E V I N S the number seven, and yeah, permanent is a little bit more expensive as you get older. Permanent, you know. So we talked about term. Now we can talk about permanent. What is permanent? That means yeah, you can permanently pay into it, but there's something called cost of insurance C O I, and as you get older, you pay a higher C O I cost of insurance, which can be too much so don't do that come back and listen to us next wednesday love to chat with you live on the air feel free to give us a call anytime 877 kevin thanks for listening to your finance with kevin seven If you have a question for Kevin during the week, you can call him at 877-KEVINS, the number 7. Or his website is K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7, dot com. And join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. for your finances with Kevin Seven. Kevin Coogley is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.